Welcome to the Well Woman Show, where we interview women executives, leaders, and entrepreneurs. And you're listening to the Well Woman Show, where motivated women achieve fulfillment and well-being. You're listening to the Well Woman Show. Take time for myself by coming to things like Well Woman Drinks. To be accepting of myself no matter what. Step away from judgment as much as possible. You're listening to the Well Women Show. Just, you're going to be in for a good ride. I don't regret anything. Everything I've ever done, I've learned from it, one way or another, good or bad. Being a little bit selfish for yourself, you know, put your own oxygen mask on first and then give what's left. I'm a woman. I would prefer to, to tell my own story. My story, though it's very personal, is universal. You're listening to the Well Woman Show. And now your host, Giovanna Rossi. Hi, Giovanna Rossi here, and welcome to another episode of The Well Woman Show, where I interview women leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs about their lives and their road to becoming and being who they are today. Do you ever find yourself overwhelmed with your responsibilities, and it seems like you'll never get it all done? Well, you're not alone. We all need to remember to use our superpowers, the ones we already have but don't use all the time, and take advice and wisdom from one another. Towards the end of the show, in a segment called Superpowers for Success, I ask my guest about her superpowers, and the answers will give you the strength, perspective, and power to keep on being the well woman you are. I'm so happy you're here, so thanks for tuning in. Today's topic is how to create a stronger team with enlightened leadership. And hopefully by the end of the show, you'll be inspired to make deeper connections with the members of your professional groups seek out ways to work better as a team, and learn to listen to yourself and those around you to make everyone happier. Before I forget, I'm going to introduce the guest in just a second. But before I forget, I want you to grab the free download this week because it's really great. It's um, at wellwomanlife.com slash zero five show. And our guest has put together a wonderful handout that really spells out the components of becoming a conscious leader and creating an enlightened team. So definitely grab that at wellwomanlife.com slash zero five show. My guest today is Karen Lubin. Karen is a professional trainer, facilitator, organizational development consultant, and coach and speaker. She's general manager of Enlightened Alliances and Passion Test Master Trainer. She's also co-founder of Quantum Leap, a consulting business she started with her husband. Karen works primarily with enlightened teams and leadership models. The enlightened team formula strategically enhances greater connection with others, supports healthy self-care habits, and brings out your team's natural brilliance. Prior to her work with enlightened teams, Karen worked in public education for 20 or more years, and as a K through eight teacher and administrator for elementary school in uh, California. So again, the free giveaway today is Karen's Enlightened Team Handout. I love this giveaway because it spells out how you can be a more conscious leader and create an enlightened team in your business, organization, or family life. In our free gift this week, Karen gives us her Enlightened Team System that uses five characteristics to consistently create, strengthen, and transform teams with new levels of connection, self-care, empowerment, healing, synergy, and productivity. Doesn't that sound awesome? Be sure to grab it at wellwomanlife.com slash zero five show. Now to my interview with Karen. I'm so happy to be speaking with Karen Lubin today. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Giovanna. It's great to be here. 
Karen, I want you to start by telling me what are you working on and how does it impact women's lives and well-being? Well, right now I'm working on a book called Enlightened Leadership and Team, Building Teams, Enlightened Teams. And one of the things that I think that directly connects to women is that how do you find women who feel leaderful? There's a, a different version of, you know, when you have confidence and when you know that you're an empowered person and you can speak your truth, you can speak um, your power and your brilliance and shine. Um, one of the things that I'm finding is that if you build a team of people, there also has to be a leader who is bringing uh, the the leader within out into the world. So I think it directly impacts women, I do believe, very much. And another thing that I'm doing that I think also relates to women is how can we be more real and authentic? And what I do with uh, the coaching that I do with organizations and individuals, it's really helping people and companies to get clear about what they're passionate about and what, you know, makes them come alive. Mm -hmm. And so I think many times we get sucked into whatever it is that we're doing in life, whether it's our career, um, our vocation, whether it's, uh, raising families, whatever it is, and we forget that there's something that makes us come alive. And so reconnecting to that and really just, you know, bringing out your brilliance because we're all here for a gift and to share our gift and to help others, and we want to be of service. So that's what I'm doing. Okay, and your book sounds interesting. What is the end result? Like what do you want people to do once they've read your book? I want them to start creating enlightened teams. I want them to uh, be able to uh, build a group together where they feel more connected, more um, excited and purposeful about whatever it is that they're doing together, um, have deeper relationships with each other and their clients, uh, really just feeling um, excited and like exponentially recognizing that they are making an impact not only on their own personal growth and development, but also their team members and their clients. And so this is part of your consulting business that where you consult with teams and organizations. Um, what is the issue <clears throat> in team building that you're trying to address I mean, I know team building is hard. Yeah. But what, what, is, the, what is the problem that you're addressing with this? Um, well, two things. One is that there's a level of awareness and consciousness that when we get into a team, we forget about. We forget about uh, really recognizing who we are, what we're, what, why we're actually in a group and we kind of just focus on the project or the end result, the outcome. But there's a whole thing called a process, right? And you have to get, you know, you have to start somewhere and go through that process to get to that end result. So I'm really interested in seeing people engage in the process so that the end result is fantastic. And so when people feel connected, when they feel heard and seen, and they're really tapped into wherever their strengths are, then, you know, the group and the team, they just like exponentially get more expansive and do more and better things because they know they're on fire and they've got each other's back. Hmm. Okay. And so what 
what are some tips that you can give someone who's building a team, for example, I am actually building a team for a project. I, I build teams for different projects that I have in my consulting business. Mm-hmm. And uh, what would be some of your tips right off the bat to um, that, that listeners could implement or at least think about? So the foundation of an enlightened team is really consciousness and awareness. So everyone is buying in to the idea that they are going to stay aware and reflective and they're going to be open and they're going to have a childlike mind. Okay, so that's that's a big thing. It is not for everybody, let me tell you. And the other piece is uh, you can immediately once you get the the core values of your of your group and and really awareness and reflection is one of those. And to me, it's foundational because once you have that, then you can build anything. But the other piece that I would encourage is to bring in ways to connect people together. So there's you know small little exercises where you can just engage immediately with with another person so that like if you're transitioning from one meeting to another and everyone's kind of like not really present well it's a, you know it's about mindfulness it's about being conscious it's about being aware so you bring people together and you help them become present by finding out what's going on with them one minute you get into groups of 3 and they share what's up with them and they just you know, just for a minute, they're just sharing and everyone just listens. So you're in a group of three, the other two listen, and you're just sharing. No one says anything. They just listen. So they're witness. And then they thank them. And then the next person goes. And this is uh, any information they want to share, whether it's personal or professional. That's correct. And really, the idea is that they, they can't stop. They have to keep sharing. And it's like, it sounds like, you know, what's up with me is... I'm feeling really excited to be here. What's up with me is, you know, I had a hard day. Let's just pretend. I just, you know, I had a really hard day and I had a disagreement with somebody. And so I'm coming here and I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to get here, mm. you know. And so you just start to allow yourself to be real with the people. And it's just for a minute. So basically three minutes goes by and then you start your meeting. And you can end the meeting with a way to connect with some appreciations or some ways to celebrate. And again, very short and sweet. Hmm. I like that because it kind of gives everyone a chance to blow off the, you know, get get the uh, stuff out that there is going to hold them back from really being present and engaging in the meeting. Get that out right away, and then you can move on. Uh, what would you say for a group of like four or five people? Do Would you just have everybody go around and do that? I would. I would. And really, again, you know, you have to have a common denominator that they're all in agreement that this is worthwhile. They're going to try it. And what I have found is that you as a leader who is wanting to bring more enlightenment, more consciousness to the group, you have to be the one to really help um, initiate this. Because we tend to want to just go to the end and just finish the thing. And yet, you know, let's have some fun. Let's enjoy each other. Let's enjoy ourselves doing whatever we're doing, right? But there is an old school sort of mindset that says, you know, if if we're having too much fun, we're not getting the work done. And so enough of the small talk and, you know, chit chat, let's get to work. What, what would you say to that? Well, three minutes is really not a lot of chit chat. 
And if it actually uh, promotes and uplifts the group so that your product or your project is better for it, it is well worth it. You know, if someone is not happy doing whatever they're doing, and, you know, they're starting, the impact is on their health, and then they're not coming to work, or they're not coming to the meetings, it impacts the group. So if you have people who are happy, or at least enjoying what they're doing, and with, you know, who they're with, it makes a huge difference. I have been in very dysfunctional groups, and I've been in very enlightened teams, and I've also been in high-performing teams. A high-performing team, I believe, is really um, the difference between a high-performing team and an enlightened team is that a high-performing team is going to have certain basic characteristics of uh, trust and, um, and, and really a great outcome. With an enlightened team, it's like a subset of a high-performing team in which the core values are slightly different. Like I said, consciousness, you know, there's more of a shared empowerment within with the leadership based on kind of a, an intuitive aspect of if somebody, you might be the leader of the team, but let's say someone else has a great idea. You, in that moment, it's an intuitive kind of more feminine and masculine blend together of leadership where that person then takes the lead and that idea gets kind of developed and you go with that. So there's more fluidity. More like emergent exactly. ideas. Yes. So I wanted to ask you, since you mentioned the feminine and masculine, I, I did actually want to ask you, is this something that is uh, done mostly with women? Or are you working with men and women, but trying to promote feminine and masculine balance within men and women? I'm working with both men and women. And I am absolutely trying to promote that balance. And, you know, I think the, the I, I don't even necessarily use the words masculine and feminine. With you, I am, because you, I think you and, you know, your listeners will understand what I'm, I'm talking about. I'm just bringing it to the point where there's um, a sense of flexibility, of creative downloading, of allowing movement to happen. So it's not like we're set in our agenda, the linear structure, there's a little bit more, it's like water, a little bit more movement. And that's, I think, really important. What about the uh, um, leadership structure in this situation? Is it more um, democratic or uh, what am I trying to say? Is it, is it hierarchical or did you, do you have to do something different? from the sort of a hierarchy of leadership. Right. So, you know, we're still working in um, a hierarchical model, right? So it, de it depends. Every group is going to be different. So it, this doesn't work for one group and not for another. It's really, um, <clears throat> you can be the hired leader of a, of a team and you're clearly like the CEO and that's going to be how it is. Yet you can also be in a more democratic or, or collegial group where you're a nonprofit or you're a group of women who are getting together over a cause, a specific cause. And that might, you might agree to do the leadership differently. You might facilitate like a meeting every time. But if you're a CEO in a traditional hierarchical <clears throat> structure, you can still learn new uh, tools and skills for facilitating this more emergent leadership 
style and flexibility and fluidity. And if more CEOs did learn that, I think we'd have more uh, effective teams, right? Oh my gosh, we would have conscious leadership and con- yeah, and enlightened teams, absolutely. And I think that's really different and also what I think people are wanting more and more. You look at the millennials, you know, they're, they're, they, they strive to get that. And I think, you know, baby boomers and all the way down to Gen X and below, you know, I think there's a desire for purpose and a desire to be seen. And when we're in that industrial, revolutionary, old-style paradigm, you don't feel seen and heard very much. And I think we need to shift that if we want to have excellent customer service, excellent programs, um, products, and 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 when people feel super connected to each other, you know, why not have a great time doing it together? Mm. I mean, to me, that's like an added benefit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so back to the idea of high-performing and um, uh, what was the other one? High-performing groups. And enlightened teams. Or, and enlightened yeah. teams. Mm-hmm. Can you have an enlightened and high-performing team? I mean, I'm sure yes. you can, but... Yes, you can, because an enlightened team is really a subset of a high-performing team. You have to have a functional team, you know, that respects and trusts one another to be able to have an enlightened team. The difference, though, is that we're using the word consciousness or mindfulness as a, as a way to introduce being reflective and aware. So people are wanting to learn about themselves and learn about their team members and learn about how they're impacting their clients positively. Karen, can you describe a time in your own life when you didn't put yourself first, when you weren't taking care of yourself the way you probably now know you need to? Oh, gosh. Yes. And, you know, uh, it goes back to when I was in the education field. So I was on the career path uh, in education, and I was a teacher, and then I was a vice principal, and then I was a, a principal. And I think after 20 years of that path, I suddenly realized that I was completely numbed out and burned out. And I was so... Um, you know, I had bought into the idea that I had to move on this career path forever, and I felt responsible, and I didn't know how to get off of the track, and uh, that was a really hard time for me, and that was about um, 2005, yeah, 11 years ago. So uh, that was a hard time, and then, you know, what do I do to take care of myself? I I found a tool called the Passion Test. Uh, it has helped me tremendously in really choosing in favor of what I love and what's important to me. Is that what helped you make the shift in 2005? Is that when you discovered the passion test and that kind of shifted things for you? I wish it had been around. It wasn't even a book. It was an idea in Janet Bray Atwood, who's the author of the book. It was in her mind, but it was not a book yet. So no, I, I had to figure it out. And then when I met her, that's when it was. I de- she had developed a system that helped me to get greater clarity. Okay, so but back to when you were having your <clears throat> your heart difficult time in two thousand five. What did you do? How did you start making a change for yourself? Well, I got out of my job. That was the number one thing, and which was like a big thing. And then the other was I traveled. I traveled for a year. 
I took off and filled myself up because I was so empty, Giovanna. It was, it was scary. Uh, so I, my husband and I recognized that I needed to do some things to just really take care of me. And so I was very uh, lucky that I was able to be able to do this travel and do all this personal and professional development stuff that I've been wanting to do forever, but I'd not done. So, you know, I was traveling to India and studying with spiritual masters, and I was going to Belize and Mexico to, uh, to learn Spanish. And I, and I was, um, I mean, sorry, uh, Mexico and Guatemala. And then I went to Belize and did sailing and I did a lot of stuff. And what did your husband do this whole time? Did he go with you? He met me in certain um, in certain places uh, throughout the year, and otherwise he was working and uh, holding down the the fort and making sure that uh, bills were paid. And he was like a real uh, he was amazing actually. Uh, so he was kind of my grounding rod as I traveled around the world. Well, yeah, because that takes an incredible partnership <clears throat> to have that trust and uh, commitment to mm-hmm. one person's need to go and do stuff and the other one, you know, is going to stay put and, and to trust each other to, to move forward with that. Oh, yes. And, you know, I've been with Randy almost, I don't know, 28, 29, 30 years, 30 years. Giovanna, that's a long time. However, um, there, you know, he's my best friend. Uh, we are very connected to the heart and, um, he really got it. Okay, so what was his job at the time? And then when did you start your consulting business together? Uh, So he was working um, at the California Conservation Corps, and he was teaching uh, leadership, actually, to many of the CCC guys. And um, that was his main gig. And he also did some organizational consulting. So before that, he had also been in administration and teaching at the university level. So, you know, we we actually, when I came back, the beautiful thing is that we decided to follow our own bliss, which was to work together. We always wanted to do that. So we figured out and created our own company called Quantum Leap Coaching and Consulting. And that's what we've been doing ever since. And we love it. Yeah. So I feel very blessed that we've been able to take, you know, what we loved and put it into, um, you know, coaching. We used to do year-long coaching packages. Now we do three-month coaching packages, and we work with either individuals or their organization, and we take them through a whole process to help them, you know, really elevate themselves to the next level of success or, um, you know, whether it be in their business or whether it be in relationship or whether it be in health, et cetera. It sounds like it often gets into some some kind of life coaching, too, because it gets so personal, doesn't it, when you start really digging in? Yes. And to me, you know, the personal and, and work are all together. See, when I was in administration, I used to think that it was all compartmentalized. And that was actually what was starting to kill me, Giovanna. It was painful. And when I finally got that I needed to integrate my personal with my work and to be myself, because I don't think I was really truly honest with people about who I was. But you couldn't do that in your job. You couldn't integrate those two. You had to leave your job in order to find that. I did. And I don't know if I probably could have. However, I had a belief that I could not. And it was that belief that was really uh, that created a lot of suffering for me. Yeah, and I don't think it was necessarily completely true. 
Karen, we're moving into a segment called Superpowers for Success. And I want to ask a few quick questions. The first one is, what does success in life mean for you? It means that you feel um, at peace and uh, really aligned with who you are, inspired. And um, it doesn't necessarily mean that it looks a certain way. What it means to me is that it feels a certain way. And I want to be very clear that it's the feeling of success and that you are um, not only feeling the confidence and the, you know, when you're aligned with your, your purpose and you really know what you're all about and you're doing that, it feels so good. You're like in that zone feeling. And I think um, that sense of success is then when also pe- it's mirrored back to you and people are like, wow, you're doing something amazing. And they are reflecting it back to you so that it's an internal thing in which you feel it. And then people are also then mirroring it back and giving you the like, wow, you have such mastery in something. Mm. And I think that's beautiful too. So that's success as well. Okay. And when did you know, Karen, that you were really good at what you do? Huh, that's an interesting question. When, when people said I was masterful at something, and what I'm masterful at is helping develop um, teams, and uh, that's what kept coming back to me, back to me. They, people were to ask me, and, you know, I think, uh, you know, something that is just an innate part of me is that I love to connect to others, so it's easy to find people's brilliance and to find what their strengths are and to, to be able to help bring that out. You know, I did that with children, and I do it with adults. It's just it's a natural thing that I do. So when you had external confirmation and validation of that, that, that happened, but did you ever have the, an internal just knowing, like, I kind of rock at this, I'm really good at this? I knew that it felt really good when I was working with teams. Like I would just, you know, there's a sense of being on fire about it and going, I just love this. And like everything that could possibly in my mind would disappear. It was like I would become super present. And so that feeling of just being super present, awake to whoever I'm with, uh, just gave me such joy. And so that was my experience. Okay, and can you describe one personal habit that contributes to your well-being? Well, there's a couple. Um, I know recently I've been using one called Nature's Guidance System, and it's really um, seven steps that help me and can help others to really feel whatever they're feeling. Because what I notice is that we often want to um, bypass our feelings and not experience them. They're either too scary or they're like, you know, it takes too much time or whatever it is. And so uh, I, I've been doing a lot of feeling of whatever it is going on so that I can be in, more present and be more available to myself and to others. And it's been fantastic. I, 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 it's a seven-step, very easy process that I, I actually use with a lot of my clients, but I also do it every day for myself. Oh, so you, so it's something you do every day and then you see what comes up in those seven steps. Well, yeah, when I if I notice that I'm feeling uncomfortable, nervous, whatever it is, whatever the experience is that's not maybe that comfortable, 
Um, I, I check in. And so there's seven steps of, you know, you you're, you notice first and then you take some deep breaths and then, you know, then you're going through this process of, you know, where is this actually in my body? Mm-hmm. Um, then I actually ask myself, what is, what am I feeling right now in that part of my body? And then I just stay with it. And then I, once I've recognized that typically then I'm ready to use a tool to help me move out of it. But it, it's like a, um, it can take five minutes, Giovanna, and it can take two hours or it could take days, but typically it takes, you know, minutes to hours for me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then what superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time? Well, I kind of said it before, which is um, my, my love of connecting to others. I just want to know people and I want to have my heart connect to their heart. You know, it's like just having this conversation with you feels so intimate, you know, because it's like you're being such a great listener. And I feel really I do. I feel like you're very deeply listening to me. And that's beautiful. Okay, what advice would you give yourself, Karen, to your 25 or 30 year old self? Well, I would say love deeply and feel deeply and laugh and have fun. You know, those are such key elements. Um, and, 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 and get clear about what's important to you. And what else would I say? I, I would say... Um, do you feel like you didn't do those things? Like, is this advice that you would have given yourself because you didn't do those things or... Are you just saying those are good things to think about? Uh, I think they're reminders for for me, and I I don't know if I didn't do them. I would say I did, and would I have liked to have done it when I was twenty years old? Uh, yeah, if I if someone had told me that, that would have been great. Like follow your bliss, you know. And I got I had that concept, but it was there was no structure. But the thing is, even if someone tells you, you mm-hmm. can't really just go do it. It's like you have to be ready in, inside. You have to be ready. So real quick, because we're running out of time. Do you identify as a feminist? Absolutely, yes. Okay, and then lastly, what are you reading right now? What's on your nightstand? <laughs> That's a funny question. All right, all right you're just going to ask me and then move right along. Okay. <laughs> well, you. I mean, if, if it's an absolutely yes answer, then that's, there's, you know, that's a very short answer. <laughs> Sometimes people, you know, have to think about it and talk it through with me. I see. But for, for people who just say absolutely yes, then I just move on. Okay. All right. Carry on then. <laughs> so what are you reading right now? What is on your nightstand? Oh, you know, I am reading a great book called Lion's Eyes and it's by Victor Villasenor. And he, um, it's it's based about this couple and the the miracles and the magic of um, what's in between uh, the the night and day. I don't know how to explain it. It's like he he talks about just it's it's an incredible real story about this couple and um, all the miracles. They are from Mexico and this white gringo guy and. And they end up, um, he saves millions of acres for the Tahomara Indians. And v, um, Victor Villasenor is an amazing writer. That's really cool. You know, this is making me think that we need to start a well-woman book club. 
because I get so many good book recommendations from the people I interview. I love that idea because I love reading. So I'm all with you. I'll be there. <laughs> Karen, it's been such a pleasure talking with you this, uh, this afternoon. Thank you so much. The same here. Appreciate it. Yeah. That's it for our show today. I've been speaking with Karen Lubin. Karen works with Enlightened Team Formula to strategically enhance greater connection with others, support healthy self-care habits, and bring out your team's natural brilliance. Karen and I spoke about the importance of connecting with your team members, how to develop an enlightened team, and how to discern when you need to make a change in your life. You can get the freebie at wellwomanlife.com slash zero five show. Our monthly live event, Well Woman Drinks, brings women together to share our successes and challenges as women leaders, moms, aunts, sisters, and all the other roles we carry. If you'd like to attend a Well Woman Drinks near you, or if there isn't one yet and you'd like to start one, email me at info at wellwomanlife.com. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment and subscribe in iTunes and leave a review. This helps raise visibility, which is super helpful when it comes to producing the show every week for you. You can also continue the conversation in the Well Woman Life community group at facebook.com slash groups slash Well Woman Life community. For feedback, comments, or just to let me know you are listening today, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Well Woman Life. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week.